Welcome to another edition of LA Countdown, your new favorite destination for all things LA sports. I'm Michael Fumafredo, your host, and today I'm joined by Wyatt Alsup and Ben Cohen, who I stole over from the For the Win podcast. Definitely go check that out. It's awesome as well. But guys, it's Super Bowl week, and it's in LA this year. All the fanfare is going on. Jack Smith, who was on the show last week, is there, I think, tomorrow, so he'll be covering some of the stuff there. But a lot's going on. What are you guys' thoughts? I don't know. There's a lot of reasons that this is a very special Super Bowl. Uh, it's the first Super Bowl we've had here in almost 30 years. It's in this beautiful new SoFi Stadium, which is the most expensive football stadium in America. Uh, the Rams just got back to L.A. a few years ago. So uh, I think there's a lot of reasons it's going to be very special, and I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, the Rams were came back to L.A. in 2016. They left in 1995, right before the greatest show on turf. So, interesting way to come back after such a long time, almost 20, over 20 years. Now they have this great stadium. They're the best team in the NFC, I guess. And now they're playing a home field Super Bowl. Ben, this is the first time the Super Bowl's been in L.A. in 29 years. So, it used to happen all the time at the Rose Bowl, at the Coliseum, which is right in our backyard. What do you think this means for L.A. to really come back with a bang and bring the Super Bowl to the West Coast? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the NFL is is king, as we know. Um, I think it's a stat. 75 of the top 100 programs in, 21, in 2021 were NFL games or maybe or 70, 95 were sports. 75 were NFL games. And it's important for L.A., the I think America's second biggest market, to to enjoy some of that pie and for for the Rams to be so good just after moving only five years or six years after coming back is is incredibly important for LA and I think you'll see that throughout the show um, especially aided by like you said the the new expensive stadium um, pairing that with the 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 halftime show it should be it should be a crazy a crazy cool event it's cool you know because you don't really think of Los Angeles as a football town you know it's Dodgers really and then Lakers and uh, there hasn't been football here in so long and now we've got two NFL teams here. We've got a Super Bowl coming to LA. There's a, I believe there's another one in a few years. And then USC is also about to be, you know, back in the spotlight with Lincoln Riley coming here. I think it's interesting to see if football will kind of be embraced by the city more than it has been in the past. What I find interesting about that is I'm from the East Coast. I've been in LA for two almost 3 years now. This it was never really a big football place to be you had you had USC you're right but there haven't been good since I've been here it hasn't been it's been a while hopefully they could start to turn that around you would go to say like a Buffalo Wild Wings on a Thursday or Friday night to be flooded with Laker fans flooded with Dodger fans go the same time on a football Sunday nobody's there so I think you're right it's a way to bring football back to LA and what I found interesting is they the Pro Bowl's been bouncing all over the place. It was in Hawaii a long time ago, then went to Orlando. They put it in Las Vegas this year, which is the newest market in the NFL. So, And they're bringing the Super Bowl there, I think, in a year or two after this one, maybe. But I think it's interesting what they're doing in the NFL to try and incorporate all the newer markets with these big games. And for a league that's looking to expand in a few years, I think that's a great thing to do. A hundred percent. I mean, we like to root for the small market teams sometimes. The stories of the, you know, the the smaller rabid fan bases, but 
but for them from the league's perspective you want the big market teams to do well it's bad for the league that the giants and jets have been awful and so for for the raiders to make the playoffs even though they probably shouldn't have this year um in las vegas and and for the rams and and also the chargers are a great team not with the same following but they're a great team in, in the afc with one of the great young quarterbacks in the league justin herbert so for for a big market to be showing out the way that the way that la has already and the way that hopefully las vegas will is is definitely good news for the nfl i take your jets thing to heart that that one hurt a little bit yeah sorry about but that. <laughs> you know you mentioned the the halftime show we'll get to that in a little bit on this show but uh just one other thing i wanted to bring up with what you said the chargers are here they don't really have the biggest fan base Partially, maybe because their stadium wasn't great when they before SoFi was here. They were in Carson, California, where the Galaxy play. I think it's going to be great for LA to have a winning team, a competitive team in the Rams, and also the Chargers with a very young core, a great quarterback, and Justin Herbert as well. What do you think happens, Wyatt? I'll throw this one to you. What do you think happens with just LA and football in general? Do people start jumping on the Rams bandwagon? Do they start taking an interest in the charges as well, even though they're not here? What do you think? It's going to be interesting to see if the Chargers really can build a fan base in L.A. I think they're clearly headed on the right path in a football sense. Good young core, great young quarterback. They're going to be good in a few years, but I don't know if that's really going to translate into them having a following. It might kind of be like a Nets-Knicks sort of thing like you see in New York. I think even let's say you fast forward 10 years, let's say the Chargers are a lot better than the Rams. I still think the Rams are going to be the most popular football team in the city. I hope that it wasn't a bad move on their part to move up here from San Diego, but I just don't really see there being enough room for two big pro football teams in LA. Uh, this is a talk for a later date. We got, we'll got we talk about the Chargers and their move. I, th- I, I didn't think it was a great move, but we'll, we'll talk about that in later episodes. We have a whole semester together, guys. I want to move to the halftime show because the NFL really showed out this year. They got not one, not two, not three. You get the point. But five amazing big-name artists for this year's show, headlined by two L.A. greats, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. You have Eminem coming all the way from Detroit. Kendrick Lamar as well and Mary J. Blige. This is the who's who of the rap community. And what do you guys think was going through their minds when they put this together? Yeah, I think it's part of that that LA marketing for sure in terms of in terms of, you know, two of two huge LA products and building that building that whole show and like we talked about that that expensive stadium. I mean, this should be a show obviously the music is something to look forward to, but the whole the whole entertainment value for the those at the stadium and and, and those on TV with, you know, the lights should go there should be blackouts and 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 crazy and crazy things to crazy visuals to go to go along with these these incredible artists to claim sort of a a culture that the NFL really hasn't tapped um, as part of its fan base in terms of music interest, and I and I think that's that's really important. Why you mentioned last week on the show, the halftime show is really what's bringing people to the to the game, buying these expensive tickets. What's your thoughts on this show? Because we haven't really talked about it since last week. I know. Yeah, we talked a little bit about ticket prices last week. I mean, if you think about music festivals which this halftime show is basically going to be a 20 minute music festival it's all these big names and you're right it does feel very la i think that is a huge draw and that's you know people would pay hundreds of dollars alone for tickets to see these artists but i'm very excited to see how it plays out um i hope they give 
each of the artists enough time because you think about the halftime show it's only 15 20 minutes and you got five artists to fit in there well so. snoop dog or it wasn't snoop dog i think it was dr dre and eminem just released a song i think this morning or maybe this week i j it just came up on my spotify i see them always do this with whoever the main headliner is does it with one of their guests but this year nobody's listed as the headliner nobody's listed as a guest it's really just a free-for-all so i get where you're coming from but I think there are a lot of songs that these guys have collabed on. Yeah. So this will be interesting to see the set list. I think we'll see some new music. I know fans have been waiting on a Kendrick Lamar album for a long time now. And especially even in the last couple of years, you know, he had announced something about his album being finished and then we haven't seen it yet. So I do expect to see some new music from him and maybe some of these other artists as well. Definitely collaborations between these. I think it's no coincidence that they put this group of artists together. Ben, before we move on, do you think this will be better, worse, or about the same as where The weekend was last year? I don't know. I People didn't people liked The weekend. Uh, I, I remember liking The weekend's halftime show a little bit more than most people did. I would say this is going to be better. And I think it's it's about the artists, but it's also like we said, it's about the LA culture, it's about the new stadium. This should be this should be an, an event to remember. I think it's going to be better. And it definitely will be. I hope it's going to be a great show, but we're here to talk about now the big dance, the actual game. We started talking about the Rams last week on the show, and if you want to hear more about what we have to say, definitely go check out last week's episode on the podcast channel. You'll it's easy to find. Just look for LA Countdown. But I was informed by one of the other editors at Annenberg for a social media thing listing who I think is going to win, if like this is going to happen, if this is going to happen. And I'm filling this out. And all I could think about was I'm picking the Rams to win. I'm picking all these crazy things. I picked the under to hit. We'll talk about that in a little bit as well. But I picked like Aaron Donald to win Super Bowl MVP. Do you guys think I'm crazy? I think my... My head keeps telling me Rams. Like, I, if you look at every aspect of the game, the Rams have an advantage almost everywhere. Exactly. Got, like, I'm not trying to do it as a fan. Cause I, I'm rooting for Joe Shiesty here. I will I'm rooting well. for the underdogs. But the as Rams an analyst, have, it's the Rams. They've got a better offensive line. They've got better weapons. They have a better pass rush. They have a better secondary. They have more playmakers on both sides of the ball. And... I know the story of these playoffs has been Joe Burrow, but Matt Stafford is also an elite quarterback, and he has definitely showed up in each of their playoff games. I just I can't see a way. The biggest advantage for me for the Rams, I think, is going to be the pass rush, which we talked about last week. I just don't really see how the Bengals can overcome all these disadvantages. That being said, Joe we Burrow said that has two, three weeks ago about the Bengals. Time. Exactly. Ben, smack me back into sanity. What do you think? No, you're right that the Rams should win. The Rams are the more talented roster. Wyatt, you took us through that. The one thing that the Rams do that's a negative that the Bengals just don't is the Rams just love to shoot themselves in the foot. I mean, they had Tampa over and done with, and they let them back in. That was a twenty. That was another twenty-eight to three. Yeah, or maybe it was twenty-seven. Uh, anyway, 27. they won in the end, but they still gave it up, and they, I think they fumbled four times in the second half. They the Rams just choose to not they don't choose to play poorly, but they they just stop playing well for periods in games. And this season they've done it for entire games. And and when they haven't won, it hasn't been, you know, it, it, it hasn't been as much of a credit to the other team as it's been them not playing their game. And the Bengals don't. The Bengals are playing their best football all the time. Um, I don't know if that's a leadership thing. I don't know if that's a locker room thing or a coaching thing, because I do think Sean McVay is a really talented coach. I mean, the, the, the evidence is there. 
another advantage that I think the Bengals have, again, not talent-wise, is that the Bengals just find a way to keep you out of the end zone. Um, their red zone defense in the playoffs has is, has been incredible. They had game-winning interception against the Raiders, happened again against the, the, the Titans, and then they held the Chiefs to the field goal to force overtime. The, the Bengals' defense is not as talented, but it keeps them in the game, and so I see it staying close, even though there's no way Joe Burrow is going to have time in the pocket with that offensive line. And then when you get to the end of the game, Evan McPherson is making it hard for me to pick against the Bengals. I don't know. It, it This is one of those games. This is what I love to see about football. It's like you think this team should win. This team comes out of nowhere and gets it done. But the thing that's just the, for the Rams, it's they have we've seen them hot in the very beginning of the season towards the middle of the season but we've also seen them play at a very poor level right now they're they're hot absolutely I think they're on a roll this is the team that we saw in the first month of the season that I said this is a Super Bowl team but it's just Burrow is he's been that guy 100% and it's not just really dumbing it down yeah I mean if you would say who's the Bengals playoff MVP, I think you'd probably say Evan McPherson, actually. Yeah. Joe Burrow hasn't, you know, he's he's a, gr- a fantastic quarterback. He has not lit the world on fire stats-wise. He's let the he's lit the world on fire as a leader for his team um, and as a guy that's overcome um, the adversity of his team. You know, I thought they were going to beat the Bengals. I didn't see there was a way they were going to beat the Chiefs. And and a, a, their defense did that, and Evan McPherson did that, and their weapons, but Joe Burrow was the leader of it. And so... There were certainly moments, especially in that Chiefs game, where they really did need Burrow to come through. Yeah, a couple exactly. of like He's clutch. big third downs where he escaped pressure in the pocket and was able to make something happen. That twenty-yard um, run on the, toward the end of the game in the fourth right. quarter. Oof. I'm gonna be bold. I think the Bengals are peaking at the right time, and I think the there's a chance that the Rams come into this game a little bit complacent. Mm-hmm. They have home field advantage. They know they're the better roster. They know they're the better coach team. They believe in Stafford. They think he's the better quarterback. I think there's a chance the Bengals can catch the Rams off guard. Could be I'm a trap pick game, them yeah. to win. Right. I don't want to call it a trap game because it's the Super Bowl. It's almost impossible to, but right. along those lines, yes. Before we go into some speed round, Wyatt, I just want to get your opinion on, I think we may have mentioned it last week, but we want to go a little more in depth now. We, you've been talking about this stellar pass rush that the Rams have put together. Bengals offensive line, not the greatest. They let up nine sacks against the Titans of all teams. And what do you just think is going to be the role that is that going to be a turning point in the game for either team? I think that's kind of the deciding question in this game. I mean, the Rams in the regular season had the third most sacks in the NFL, and the Bengals offensive line gave up the third most sacks in the regular season. So, and then. I think it was like 54 in the regular season for the Bengals, and then you add nine they gave up in a single game against the Titans. Um, I know the Chiefs weren't really able to get to Burrow as much, but he was certainly under pressure. I think the Rams are a better pass rush than the Bengals have seen all year. I mean, you have to double-team Aaron Donald on the interior, and then Von Miller looking like Super Bowl MVP Von Miller we saw five years ago is seems to be playing at that level again. I don't know. I think it's going to be really tough for them to slow this pass rush down. You got Leonard Floyd on the other edge. I don't know. If they if they can get to Burrow, I think it's going to be really hard for them to make things happen. Okay, and it should be a really exciting game. I think we could all agree on that. But let's see if we have some disagreements here. 
We're going to do a little bit of a fun thing here, a speed round, but with some of the prop bets. So we'll start. We're not going to do score predictions just yet, but over-under set at 48.5. I'm taking the under. I think it's going to look very similar to what last year's Super Bowl was, where a lot of defense, and you don't ex- you're not expecting these guys to really struggle, but I feel like they might. It's a big, big lights, first time for either quarterback to be there. I think we could see something very similar. What do you guys think? Yeah, I've got the under as well. It's funny because I was writing uh, writing a piece uh, as well and, and getting other people's, uh, other people's predictions, and everyone's got the over, and I just I, I don't see it happening with the Bengals being able to keep the Rams close and also uh, that Rams defense. I would agree. I am going to go with the under. I think the only way that the over would hit is if the Rams really run away with this game. You know, if the Rams score 35 points, then the over's probably going to hit. And they could in a way that the, the Bengals they can't. Could. That's the difference between, you know, in talent. Uh, all right, so we agree on that one. I think we could also worry about a little bit of a garbage time comeback for the Bengals. We've seen it happen before. Let's switch to a different over-under. Mickey Guyton's national anthem, the over-under, is set at a minute 32 and a half. That seems very low for me for a Super Bowl national anthem over-under. Yet, Mickey Guyton, apparently, the last time she did a national anthem, had it at like 87 seconds, so... Less than this, what do you guys think? Well, uh, I'm going to go with the over. It seems short, and this is always like you know a hilarious <laughs> prop bet they do every year for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I was just looking at uh, the last, you know, previous Super Bowls, the length of the National Anthem, and I think it was like seven out of the last eight were over oh, two overs, minutes. Yeah. Not even over that, over two minutes. So, I don't know. I really would expect longer than a minute and a half, but... We'll see. Yeah, you know, it's one of those joke prop bets. Like you say, when the odds for both are the same either way, regardless of what the stats say, uh, I'll also go with the over. Uh, I'm going to have to take the over as well. I think we'll disagree at some point. It's going to be close. Here, let's try this one. First song at the halftime show. I'm going to go bold here. Or not really. I was looking at some of the lines on it, and this is, I think, the second one. I got to go with the next episode. Bring out Snoop and Dre right away. Good to go. What do you guys think? That's a nice pick. I think it's going to be something we haven't heard before, if I had to guess. Interesting. I'm going to say Still Dre. I just think starting that one with a blackout. I, don't, I, don't, I haven't seen the lines. I don't know if that's like high on the list or low on the list. Honestly, that would be, that would be a great solid Start. pick. All right, first touchdown. I'm going with OBJ. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of defensive attention given to Cooper Cup. Uh, I do expect the Rams to score first. You know, home game, again, we've talked better talent. Odell has really sort of revived his, I don't want to say revived his career because he hadn't fully fallen off, but if you look at who he was earlier this season in Cleveland versus who he's been with the Rams, totally different player. He scored a lot of clutch touchdowns for the Rams. Uh, That's my pick for first touchdown. I'm going to have to agree with that one, but I'm going to take it a step further. I think Odell scores the first touchdown, but I wouldn't be surprised if either McPherson or Matt Gay kicks a field goal before that. That's my prediction. Did you also say Odell? Yes. All right. Well, I was going to go with Odell. I oh. I, uh, <laughs> I thought it, I thought I was like I'm for sure someone's going to pick Joe Mixon or or Cooper Cup. Somebody's yeah. got to make a case for Jamar Chase. Yeah, exactly. I was gonna I was trying to fi- figure out the stats in terms of I I don't remember exactly, but I'm pretty sure seems like the Bengals like to give up the first touchdown, doesn't it? Especially in the playoffs. Especially in the playoffs, exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't find it at the moment, but it it seems like they like to give the first stat, and you really, Wyatt, just said, like, 
pretty much word for word what I was going to say about why OBJ is getting the first touchdown. Great minds think alike. Now, this is something crazy that I came across earlier today. The stat, or the the line just said, will there be an octopus? Yes or no? So tell us what an octopus is. Well, originally I thought if it's at any point in the broadcast, an octopus (laughs) octopus. would, (laughs) yeah, if, if, if if it could be like a commercial, it could be like just someone in the fans holding up an octopus. I thought it was like an inside joke maybe that I haven't heard. Apparently, an octopus is an actual NFL stat that has happened only 169 times in NFL history. It's when the same player scores the touchdown and the two-point conversion on the same score. So, And this obviously it, doesn't include quarterbacks. No, it doesn't include quarterbacks. Right. So, throwing t- Unless they both run it in, which has never happened, I don't think. There, there have been six this year, but the league leader... And like I said, there's there's less than 170 in NFL history, but the leading octopi scorer in NFL history for their career is Todd Gurley with four. Will there former be an octopus? Yeah, former Ram, all on the Rams. Will there be an octopus in this game? What was the line? Do you remember? Plus 1400 or something like that. Okay. Um, for yes, I don't know what the no was. I'm gonna lean towards no. There won't be an octopus. If if there was one, I'm gonna bet on a Bengals player, Jamar Chase, probably. Yeah, I agree. I I I hate to be the you know the bearer of bad news. I hate to be the fun police, but no, I, I don't think there's gonna be an oct- uh, an octopus. I but I do agree with you that I think the Bengals would will probably be playing from behind in this one, and if they're if they're behind by enough, maybe they'll need a two point conversion. Do you know if there's been one in Super Bowl history? I don't know. I, maybe James White did it. That seems like something that may have happened in the Patriots-Falcons game, but we'll have to look that up and get back to you on another episode. What do you think? Octopus? I think no octopus. If it's going to happen, it's Cooper Cup, but I don't think so. I would love for us to be wrong. Okay, two I more. One just quick answer. Score prediction. I'm going Rams 24-13. Bengals 2320. Ooh. Bengals 24-21. All right, so we'll write those down. We'll come back. Maybe there's some kind of prize. We'll I'll look through all the podcasts from this week and see who got it who got it closest. But last one I got Gatorade color. It's got to be orange. I think if the Bengals win it's orange. Right. If the the Rams win, which I think is going to happen, I'm going to say red. Okay. I feel like that's something that we haven't seen in a while. I'm going red. I was going to say red for the red for the red for the Rams and Good job. And good job. Let's go. Um it's, it's got to be there's got to be a way you could like really do some research into this and figure it out. Figure I wonder out if like you, which I wonder flavors. if you could like be at the game. Is it color coded? Watch what the like is it actually is I wonder if there's a statistic like is it color coded based on who wins? Like the Patriots will have the blue one or no, whatever and No. Last the away year, team last year the, the Bucks had the blue. Last year the Bucks had blue Gatorade. Interesting. I think if you're at the game and you bring a set of binoculars, whichever team's winning, just look and see what they're drinking. And live bet it. Yeah, and live bet it. Yeah, that's probably your best option. <laughs> Who's your Super Bowl MVP? Super Bowl MVP is Aaron Donald. Wyatt. I think it's going to be very similar to what the Broncos did to the Panthers. Yeah. I mean, if the Bengals win, it, like it's obviously going to be Joe Burrow, in my opinion. If the Rams win, Cooper Cup. So I, I think if the Rams win, it could be Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford. You're right that if the Bengals win, it's probably Joe Burrow. But I'm going to go 23-20 tells me three Bengals field goals. 
Evan McPherson F- for the win Money for the McPherson. first for the first time in NFL history. A, a kicker, kicker has Super never Bowl won Super Bowl yeah, MVP. A kicker has never won Super Bowl MVP, and for the first time in NFL history, Evan a kicker is going to win Super Bowl MVP as Evan uh, McPherson kicks a game-winning field goal as time expires. We'd love to see that. Hopefully, the game lives up to all the hype we've been putting out there. But that's going to do it for our show. Ben Cohen, Wyatt Alsop, and myself, Michael Fumafredo, wish you a happy Super Bowl weekend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. 